Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. You may have noticed that the last few years have been maybe somewhat stressful. At least they have been for me. Maybe they are for you as well. Here's what we know. The greater the stress, the less likely it is for someone to operate at their highest levels. We know that to be true. This is especially evident for leaders. If you're a leader, and you are, you have noticed this. I believe everybody's a leader. We must lead ourselves first. Then we can lead other people. Think of leadership as influence. Leadership is not management. They're not the same thing. So we're all leaders because we all influence other people. And that influence and how well that we influence others depends on our skills, our leadership skills, our influence skills, but it also depends on how we practice those. How do we put those into practice? When do you find it most difficult to lead yourself or to lead other people? Just think about that for a minute. When do you find it most difficult to lead yourself or to lead other people? I think there are a number of leadership challenges that are fairly common. I want you to think for a few minutes about what makes leading yourself or leading somebody else more difficult. And I want to do an exercise, just a quick exercise, and walk through some potential things, factors, that can make leading yourself and or leading other people more difficult. List five to ten things in your mind that make leading yourself or leading other people more difficult. So pause the recording because I'm going to move on in the recording, but pause the recording for yourself. Give yourself time to think about those five to ten things that make leading yourself or leading others more difficult uh, in your mind. So here's my list. Uncertainty, change, increased complexity, difficult people, things that are outside my control, lack of confidence, unresolved issues, self-imposed roadblocks, unrecognized patterns, and derailing emotions. Emotions that derail me, uh, take me off task, uh, lose focus, that kind of thing. Let's reflect on my list for a minute. What is underneath each of those challenges? Let me give you a hint. Number 10, derailing emotions, 
is key to understanding what's behind each of these challenges that I've mentioned. That's right. If you drill down far enough on each of these challenges, you're going to find what I call emotional drivers. Now, we could also call them emotional detractors. (laughs) That would be a fair statement as well. They are things that are either going to give you energy and move you forward. That's a driver. Or if it's a detractor, they're going to take energy and focus away from you. They're going to keep you from moving forward. They're going to create problems and issues and roadblocks. So emotional drivers or detractors, they can be helpful. The emotional drivers could be very helpful. But the emotional detractors are going to be those things that derail you and that are not helpful. So what can we do about that? Think of a time when you were trying to lead yourself or lead others through a specific situation and you found yourself stuck. Why were you stuck? Were there strong emotional detractors that kept you stuck? Were you concerned about the reaction of other people to your decisions? Did uncertainty or lack of confidence play a part in in keeping you stuck and not moving forward? I want to introduce a concept that I call leadership bandwidth. It's more than just capacity. It's capacity and competency and how you practice leadership, how effective that leadership is. It's, it's a comprehensive term around leadership that I think is very important for us to understand what that term is and what it means. The success of a team or an organization is directly correlated with leadership bandwidth capacity, competency, effectiveness, all of those things. I refer to that, as I said, as leadership bandwidth. Anything that reduces leadership bandwidth is a problem. In my consulting and coaching work, here are some common leadership bandwidth detractors, things that diminish leadership bandwidth lack of transparency. That can come from a variety of different areas. It could be upper management is not sharing enough information so that leaders can make good decisions. It could come from lack of understanding of where the organization is in a given area, Uh, sales revenues, numbers, financials. I mean, there's so many different areas where transparency is important. The next thing to think about is allowing unresolved issues to linger. The longer we allow unresolved issues to stick around, they just fester. They just create more problems. They don't just go away quietly. 
they create greater problems down the road the longer we allow them to linger. And that's another thing that eats away at leadership bandwidth. It erodes leadership bandwidth by being that constant nagging factor that drains energy, that drains focus, that drains time. The three most important resources that any person has. Here's another one. Little or no intentional and ongoing leadership development. Yes, granted, I'm in the leadership development arena, so this may sound like self-promotion, but I don't mean it that way. If you're not developing and growing your leaders, or if you're not developing and growing as a leader, then you have literally placed a ceiling on yourself that you cannot go past. Unless you continue your growth and development, you will stay where you are today as a leader. And that could actually erode over time as well. If you don't have some way to add new skills, to gain new knowledge, new learning that you can put into practice. And these things become very important for leading teams in new environments, for remote and hybrid teams, for uh, leading and innovating. There's so many things impacted by leadership growth and development. And the sad thing that I see is most organizations see little or no value in investing in developing their people. Now, that's not everybody, but it's a large majority that, and I don't mean investing in, oh, we sent them to a half-a-day seminar two years ago. You know, they should be great. That, that's not ongoing and intentional leadership development. Here's another thing that, that diminishes leadership bandwidth, worker shortages. Whether it's temporary or long-term, not having enough workers to do the work that needs to be done is definitely going to take away from leadership bandwidth. It's like trying to make a, a baseball team or a football team or a soccer team play at their highest levels of performance with two or three less players. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work very well. Lack of accountability is something that can take a lot away from leadership bandwidth. When there is not a culture of accountability, when there is not specific practices of accountability, you're going to have a diminishment of leadership bandwidth because the leader will constantly be trying to manage to expectations and doing things that other people should be doing. We need to push ownership and accountability down our organizations. We need to have everyone own their own responsibilities and be accountable for those. Here's another limiting factor when it comes to leadership bandwidth, and that's over-limiting decision-making authority. And what I mean by that is we need to give leaders, you need to have, if you're a leader, 
the decision authority that is appropriate for your role in the team in the organization. If you don't, it's hard to be a leader when you don't have the authority to make the decisions that you need to make. Another one to focus on is, are the processes, the systems, the policies of the organization, are they something that requires constant attention by the leader? Are they, and let me give you an example of that. And you may have heard me tell this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. It's a great story. There's an organization that asked me to come in and look at their, their sales effort because it was not producing what they expected. They expected significant growth year over year, and they were not getting it. So I came in and I did a study. I did an, a diagnosis of their sales effort, you know, what I call you know, kind of a, a specific organizational diagnosis related to sales. And, and I found some very interesting things. And so I got back into a meeting with all of the leaders and this is a large organization. They said, okay, what are your findings? Where are the problems? And I looked at them and I said, well, the problems are sitting in the chairs that you're sitting in right now. That was not received overly well. Um, I, may, I said that to make a point, but I'm not sure they saw the humor in that. As a matter of fact, I know they didn't see the humor in that. But they finally saw the reality of it. They had put in place a new sales CRM system that basically took their people from spending 30 to 45 minutes a day in their old system to three and a half hours a day in the new system because of all the requirements and, and all the things that were happening. This is what I mean by processes or systems limiting the ability for people to do what they need to do. The outcome of that meeting was they scrapped the system because they couldn't afford to lose all those sales. And that was probably a really good decision. I know they spent a lot of money on it. I know there's a lot of pain around that decision, but at least they had the courage to stand up and say, yes, we understand the problem now. Yes, we will take care of that. And their people were thrilled. Their people were thrilled that they did that. The last one I want to talk about and this is pretty much on us as leaders. Do we allow upward delegation? How often do we allow upward delegation? Or another way to look at it, how often do we allow people to pull us down into the weeds with them and do things that they should be doing? Now, it's different if they don't know how to do something, if they need training, if they need equipping, whatever. That's great. That's fine. But once they've had that, if there's a pattern of upward delegation where we allow people to pull us into doing things that they should be doing, making decisions they should be making, then that really is a huge limiting factor when it comes to leadership bandwidth. And these are just a few of the limiting factors that stand in the way of leadership excellence. So what do we do about this?
The place to start is with a very simple understanding that leaders are people and they need support. Sometimes I think people have this concept, if you're a leader, you've reached the level, now, you know, go and do. And, you know, we don't really need to support you. And I know that's that's not how everybody thinks, but I see a lot of that practiced. Well, you're a leader now, you need to figure it out on your own, uh, or you need to figure out how to resource and support yourself or whatever that looks like. That's not really beneficial to anybody. Taking a realistic look at what specifically is impacting leadership right now, the list is massive. Economic uncertainty, worker shortages, changing regulations, the new workplace, constant technological advances, remote and hybrid employees, lack of access to good information, and the list will go on and on. There's so many things that are happening here. Any of these has the potential to create derailing emotional detractors, things that we talked about earlier. Even more when you consider combinations of these things are most likely. It probably isn't going to be one of those things a leader is dealing with. It's probably going to be a combination of several of those things. So this makes supporting leaders very important. And it may seem like a daunting task to figure out how do we do that? How do we support leaders? If you're a leader, how do you, how do you get the support that you need? In reality, though, there are a few key steps that you can take to ensure that either you as a leader or other leaders have the support they need. And let me walk you through these five key steps. Number one, assess. Provide a leader with good data that leads to good insights and good decisions about their leadership, about their people. It's critical in supporting a leader to operate at their highest levers and levels to give them good data and good information. Leadership assessments and leadership 360s, team assessments, talent assessments, pre-hire assessments, these are all excellent ways for a leader to understand where they are, where their team is, so they can make better decisions. That's number one, assess. Number two, equip. Leaders are learners. You probably have heard that phrase before. Equipping leaders is an investment that provides huge value. Increased leadership capacity and competency, the ability to lead to retain key employees, increased engagement, levels that lead to greater productivity, greater leader and team satisfaction and results, innovation, increased profitability. There is a number of different outcomes that are very positive when we equip our leaders. And that is one way to support our leaders. So we've talked about assessing giving good data, good insights to make good decisions. We've talked about equipping. 
which is really helping to prepare those leaders in a variety of different ways to enhance their leadership. And then there's aligning. Number three is align. This is often overlooked. It's a critical element that has direct impact on results and outcomes. The more that leaders have the opportunity to align with organizational goals, with team goals, with other leaders in an organization, the better the outcomes. This is a key practice where innovation and collaboration thrive. Think about that for a minute. That aligning process is a place where leaders can come together and not just align, they can innovate, they can collaborate, they can come up with better solutions, better decisions. So assess, equip, align. And then number four is coaching. And I want to spend a couple of minutes on this very specifically. I have a number of clients who use us for coaching and, and get excellent results. That's what they have said. That's, that's not me saying that about me. That's our clients talking about us. Every professional athlete has at least one coach. I don't know of a single professional athlete that doesn't have at least one coach. Business professionals or leaders need a coach for very similar reasons. Enhance focus, performance, to support them, to, to provide learning opportunities, to help develop them, to navigate complexity, to help leaders make their best plans and decisions, and, and to have a safe place to work through challenges, to work through ideas, to work through innovations. Having a coach has huge return on investment value. Uh, when we at, talk to people about our return on investment, it's 7 to 26 times every dollar they spend with us they will get back 7 to 26 dollars in return. And there are studies after studies out there in in very well-known magazines and very well-known publications that will give similar numbers, 8 to 10, 8 to 15 times return on investment. This is a huge opportunity if people are not using business coaching services or even personal coaching services. Uh, we also do life coaching, career coaching. Those are things that could be very helpful for people. Number five, we've talked about assess. We've talked about equip. We've talked about align. We've talked about coach or coaching people. Now let's talk about resourcing them. Providing the resources a leader needs to operate at their best is a critical element of support. Having the right number of workers, having access to good information, good processes and guidelines that enhance their leadership, insight and effectiveness, training, support services like HR, appropriate budgets, all of these are resources that a leader needs if they're going to succeed, especially with all of the challenges that are out there today that we as leaders face. With uncertainty ahead, the best way to prepare 
is to prepare leaders for whatever comes next. We describe this with words like agility, resilience, emotional courage, intrinsic motivation, empathy, perseverance, and I'm sure you could add many more words to that. I want to close with this. This is a quote that I use a lot. The internal resources you have to face the next challenge or to take advantage of the next opportunity are only those internal resources that you have built to that point. This makes preparation a key success factor for leaders. How are you building those internal resources for yourself? How are you building them in other leaders? The key, prepare and then succeed. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.